Professional athletes use KT tape, um, you know, quite frequently. We love using it on them, but it's not just for them. It can be used with everyone, you know, from, um, you know, weekend warrior type athletes to everyday people going to the gym. You know, it's easy to apply. You can apply it yourself. It stays on uh, really well, and it really works well to help improve recovery and support you through any injuries you may have. Welcome to episode number 60 of Golf Pod Kentucky presented by KT Tape. My name is Ethan Fisher and I am your host and as promised from our last episode which featured Brady Smith, we now have the girls state individual champion from a few weeks ago joining us on the podcast and that would be the young freshman sensation Trinity Beth out of Marshall County. I have a feeling that this is not going to be the last time she will be on this podcast. She has already accomplished a great deal before getting her driver's license, and surely there are plenty more things ahead of her in the future. So I'm very excited to talk to her. She is definitely someone who does not seem like she is a freshman in high school when you hear her talk. So I'm anxious for all of you to hear this conversation and believe that you will think of highly of her as I do after leaving this interview. Before we get to Trinity, we don't have a whole lot to update you all on since our last episode, given the short time frame in between episode releases, but we do want to recognize those who have won the 2022 Distinguished Service Awards. These awards are awarded by the Kentucky Golf Foundation's Board of Directors, saluting those who have contributed a great deal to the state's golf community and those who play it. And this year, the board of directors have selected Tom Morrison and Jackie Riesinger. Both of these folks are very well experienced with their services to the game. Morrison, probably most known for being a USGA committee person for Kentucky when it came to the Pub Links Championship, which is now defunct, but in its time, it was a very prestigious and popular tournament. He was very involved with that. He also volunteered at several Louisville area golf courses, plus the Trinity High School golf team. Riesinger, on the other hand, she has been very instrumental in the women's golf community, past president of the Women's State Golf Association, one of the driving forces behind the creation of the Kentucky Women's Open, and the crystal that you see each champion get every year when they win that tournament, Riesinger donated that. So both of them will be recognized at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which if I haven't mentioned it previously, is going to be on December 15th at Griffin Gate Marriott. You can get tickets for that. And we will be recognizing Morrison in person. Jackie will not be there in person. I believe it's South Carolina. She lives in now, so she will not be there. But nevertheless, congrats to both of them. Very well deserved. And we are excited to salute them here in a couple months' time. Lastly, I said this last time, but our National Day of Hope campaign continues to roll along. We've had several podcasts in the past on here that spotlight people who are associated with PGA Hope in some shape or form, whether that's here in Kentucky or on a broader national scale. Jen Nunez, Chris Nowak, Gregory Mack, those are three that come to mind right away. Check those out and you can probably get a greater sense as to why contributing to the National Day of Hope campaign would be a worthwhile cause. 
Doing so allows veterans to continue to participate in PGA Hope at no cost, and we will be able to serve our veterans at our Louisville, Florence, and Paducah locations for many more years as a result of you contributing. Let's go ahead and dive in now to our conversation with Trinity. I firmly believe that this is a player who could be on the LPGA Tour in several years' time, so enjoy listening to someone who is already a superstar and could very well be a global superstar in the years to come. Enjoy. All right, we're now joined by the 2022 KHSAA Girls Individual Champion, Trinity Beth. And Trinity, it's funny. Your 2020 season was really good, and then your 2021 season was better. And then your 2022 season was even better than 2021, and that victory at Bowling Green just kind of puts the exclamation point on everything. So now that we're kind of heading towards the offseason, can you just kind of summarize your emotions as to what this year has been like and what it means to get that victory at State? It means a lot. I've worked so hard, and this year has just been so long and stressful. And it was just perfect ending to a really good season to win at State. So I'm curious, given the uh, given the fact that you and your teammates won the team competition last year, like you've had that experience of what it's like to win as a team, now you've won as an individual. How would you kind of compare those sensations? Well, like the first two years, I was on the team that won, and like that was my first two years on the team, so that's all I'd ever known. And I got fourth as an individual the first year and second as an individual. And it was just so exciting as a team to win because we got a police escort back to school and everything and like it was just so much different than an individual win in the first two years obviously I wanted to win as an individual but it was okay not winning because just that feeling with being as a team and everything was so amazing and this year since we got runner-up it obviously wasn't as fun as the last two but winning as an individual definitely kind of evened out a little. So going into this week at Bowling Green a couple weeks ago, you know, not that anyone puts odds on anybody for high school golf, but at the same time, people looked at you going into that week as probably the betting favorite. Like if there was going to be money put down, a lot of people probably would have put their money down on you to win individual. So knowing that you've kind of got a little bit of like, pressure going in even though you're so young and it's just a freshman what is the mindset like when you kind of go into a tournament and people are expecting you to win is that hard to deal with or how do you kind of process that I try to just block it all out and focus on my game because everyone is always going to have an opinion whether you're the best or not they're going to give you their opinion and expect you to do one thing or another so I just focus on my game and be in the moment and try my best. It was a good strategy to have. Now, the uh, first round that you had in the state tournament, it was about as clean of a scorecard as you're going to have. I think you had maybe one birdie, one bogey, and then everything else was a par. So that can either mean one of two things. It either means you hit a lot of greens and maybe didn't make a lot of birdie puts, or you didn't hit a lot of greens and you were able to salvage par on a lot of holes. Which one was it? And what was that first round like? Yeah, going into the first round, I knew that it was going to be a little windier and a little tougher conditions. So me and my dad talked about at the beginning of the day, like par would be a good score at the end of the day. We didn't realize it would be winning, but we were just focusing on par. 
and I honestly don't even remember if I just didn't hit greens or what I just know that it was just like boring pars over and over and I made one birdie and then the very next hole I made the bogey and that was on four and five and so it was just par after par after par which ended up being okay at the end is that frustrating when you're making par after par and not letting something happen like obviously if you're if you're a 10 handicap you love when you make eight or nine consecutive pars in a row but when you're doing that over and over again like how, how do you kind of deal with that yeah it was getting a little frustrating because i missed some putts i should have made i wasn't hitting my approach shot as close as i should have to be able to make those birdies but like i said we were trying to get par that day because of the conditions and it was okay the last hole i actually remember on 18 i was right by the green and two and should have gotten up and down for birdie and just didn't have the best chip and that was frustrating because i should have taken advantage of that but par was okay at the end well in the second round it kind of balanced out a little bit more you had a good run of birdies especially right off the bat with two three and four i'll be in circles on your scorecard so when you did that, was that kind of a big sigh of relief as you started that final round on that you, you've got this, at least from the individual point of view? It was because it just, if you get off to a good start, usually your round goes better. That's not always the case, but it just gives you a big boost of confidence if you start off well. So starting three under through four was just felt really good and gave me confidence just to keep playing my game and not worry about what everyone else is doing. And is that that round went along Madison Central, like they gave you all an opportunity to win the team competition there for a second. Like it, it got pretty close. And when you're trying to hang on for the individual title, but you're also doing what you can for the team's sake. What's that back nine like when you're trying to juggle these different things? Is it different than your regular individual tournament, not during high school season, or what's that like? Well, I obviously wanted to win again as a team. That's just really special. Like being from a little town and everything, that's a big deal to win a state championship. But I never look at like the live scoring. I just happened to know what I was as an individual because I was playing with Catherine, but I had no idea what we were as a team. I didn't know what the other players like on my team were even doing. So I just told myself to keep playing my best and hopefully it would work out for the best as the team. So you you brought up an interesting point that's always a fascinating conversation to have with elite level players. I can tell you, you don't want to look at it. Is that just because you want to focus on your game and you're worried that seeing what other people are doing might distract you from that? but you've also got people out there who do want to know where they stand after every hole. So what's your stance on that whole thing? It's golf is not like other sports where like in basketball, you can block someone else's shot or steal the ball. You can control what other people do in mm -hmm. golf. You have no control of anyone but yourself. So I don't think I need to stress myself out by looking and seeing what they're doing. I just need to do the best I can do and it'll work out. Sure. Good strategy. So let's uh, let's kind of break away from high school golf now and just talk about your career as a whole. 
I'm not going to rattle off all the accomplishments you've gotten to this point, because if I did, it would be time for the first round of the 2023 state tournament. But excluding <laughs> your team victories and the individual victory last week, what are some of the things that immediately come to mind to you that you're most proud of with your golfing career so far? Um, the U.S. girls was a really big confidence booster for me at Old Stone this year. I was leading going into 18, tied for the lead. I was at minus four. I hadn't made any bogeys that day. This was the first day. And I ended up bogeying, dropping to minus three. Someone ended up minus five. But that level of competition, just knowing I can compete with all of those players, was just a really big boost. Um, I won an AJGA event two summers ago, which was a really big deal for me. And I'm actually going to the Rolex Tournament of Champions for AJGA over Thanksgiving in San Antonio. So I'm really excited about that. And just, oh, the Bubba Conley this year in Memphis, that I played very well in that. I'm, I think I shot minus 12 over the three days. It was, it was tough conditions because it was so hot, but I just had a really good tournament there. Yeah, that's great. And the U.S. Girls Junior, I did want to go in depth about this. So this was your first USGA championship you've competed in, correct? Yes. Okay. So it's interesting with it being in Kentucky, because it's not very often where obviously we in Kentucky get to have these opportunities. We've had the junior PGAs lately, but USGA events have been few and far between. So what was it like for you knowing that you had the best players in the world coming to your backyard and playing a place like Old Stone? How, how excited were you going into that week? Yeah, I was very excited because I had tried to qualify for the U.S. girls, I think, the two years previously. But we knew, like, that this year it was going to be at Old Stone in Kentucky. And, I mean, the year before, I'm pretty sure it was in, like, in California or something way far. So I really wanted to qualify this year. So – I, I practiced a lot going into that qualifier because it's only 18 holes one day and a lot can happen. That's, I mean, that's just, I don't like those qualifiers. But I was very excited when I did qualify because getting to only drop two hours away from my home and compete with a level and play such a nice course here in Kentucky was very special. For sure. And to your point, you played really well. Like you met people's expectations and people who aren't from Kentucky and didn't know the name Trinity Beth, they saw your name on the leaderboard at the top. They saw your age and they had to have been really impressed. And then you get to match play after stroke play. And obviously it didn't end the way you wanted to, but how was it playing in match play in that environment? Because usually when you're playing in these top junior events, it's all stroke play. So what was it like getting to do some match play on that scene? Yeah, that was really cool. I had never played match play before, so I was a little nervous and didn't know exactly what to expect, but it was amazing. We had a referee, that's what they called her, walked mm -hmm. with us the entire time, like every hole, and she would call out the score like after each hole and how the match stood. And I made it all the way to 16, which I ended up, it was seated after the first two days. But the girl I ended up playing was number one in the ranking system in AJGA. So I kind of got a little unlucky there with who I ended up playing first time ever playing match play. But it was really fun. And just the fact that I got to do it in Kentucky made it even more special. 
For sure. And I, I didn't realize that, that you hadn't played match play before. So was there anything that you took away from those 16 holes that you're going to put in your back pocket and save for future reference when you have another match play event down the road? Yeah, match play is just so different where if you don't have the best hole, it's okay. You can, if she's already in for birdie, you don't have to worry about like leaving the putt a tap in par. You try to make birdie because, I mean, if not, you lose the hole. And you can just be a lot more aggressive, and it's a lot of strategy and match play, where in stroke play, you have to be a little smarter with your choices of maybe laying back and not going for it. And also in match play, it depends a lot on what the other person does to what you do. So now that you've done that going forward, even though you've played 99% of your rounds under stroke play, do you think you like playing stroke play or match play more? I think I like playing match play just because I have a really good record in playoffs. I I like just the one-on-one hole for hole because it takes the pressure off of, oh, well, I got a bogey on this hole and she got a birdie that's two strokes on just on one hole. In match play, I do think it's harder if you do get down to come back more but it's obviously still possible and just the fact I like to be aggressive on a lot of like par fives and stuff so I like match play for that yeah very very good reasons I'm a big match play enthusiast myself and the reasons you said are pretty much exactly why now one person who was a big factor in your old stone experience was Adam Webb who I want to talk about he's the head pro at Calvert City Country Club for those who don't know And to my understanding, you've worked with him for a while now. So can you kind of describe what Adam's influence has been like on you and what he means to you and your golf game? Yeah, I, I went to Nathan Wolf for a long time as my coach, but he got a new job and was the golf pro at Kentucky Dam now. And so he couldn't like really give lessons. And so Adam just being right there at Calvert, we decided to try him out and it just worked really well. I've actually only been to like two lessons with him because just oh. things haven't really worked out, but he got to come and caddy for me there. And that was just, it was really, I love having a caddy. He kept me nice and loose the whole time. It wasn't all tense. That's the other reason like USGA events. I love having a caddy to keep you just, I golf is a lot of mental and to have someone out there with you, helping you think through things is really good. But this winter we're hoping to get more lessons with him since we're going to have more time, just high school season has just been so much so fast. We didn't really like it couldn't work out to have lessons, but this winter we're looking forward to working with him and just really improving my game more. Cool. Let let me, let me ask about Nathan then. So when did you first start working with Mr. Wolf and what does he, what does he mean to you in your golf game? I, I worked with him for like, I mean, he was, like, the first one I went to when I think I was, like, maybe six. So, he, like, built my swing from when I was little because my parents, they didn't really know anything about golf. They both played college basketball. My whole family's a basketball family. It just, they they took me to him, and he just really helped me. He just, like, recently got this job maybe a year, two years ago. But I'd worked with him the whole time. He's just been a really big factor in building my swing the way it is 
So one thing you said there, that's a good segue into something I wanted to ask was just how you got into golf originally, because I could tell the first time I ever saw your parents at a tournament that they were definitely basketball players, given their height. So how did golf get into your system? How did you get introduced to it and what made you fall in love with it? Well, when my dad, he started playing when he was maybe 30, I think, and he was just hitting in our front yard, just messing around. And I went out there and just like tried to swing his clubs and they, they got, I have, they got me a little Barbie set of clubs <laughs> and just like a three clubs, just kind of as a joke, like everyone expected me to play basketball with my parents' background. And I went to just like a little golf camp thing and I just immediately fell in love with it. I hit ball after ball in my yard I hit so much when I was little in the yard I dented my seven iron in the middle of the club where I just would hit it over and over and I just I immediately fell in love with it because I liked having my own thing everyone expected me to be this all-star basketball player and do all this stuff with basketball and I liked just doing my own thing with golf yeah to that point it's it's interesting you say that it's it's interesting from our position at golf house watching like girls develop like you and seeing like how they progress throughout their junior careers so in your shoes and your experience like with golf being as individual of a sport as it is like what what do you gain out of that compared to a team sport with the team sports you have the bonding and camaraderie which you know you certainly understand like there's nothing that can substitute those feelings but as you said, golf is kind of your own thing. Like it's a one man crew. So how do you kind of contrast the feelings of playing golf to other team sports? Yeah, I love the team aspect of it. That's my favorite part about high school golf is the team aspect because I, my dad's coached basketball and he still, he still coaches basketball and just seeing them as a team makes me want that. But at the same time, being golf, I like to be in control. I like to know, like, in basketball, if you don't have as good of a day, it can be as good being a team because they can pick you up and pick up the slack. But I like knowing that it's all on me in golf and I get to control the outcome. Now, is there anything that you've found or noticed when you're maybe trying to tell your friends that they should try golf? Is there anything that you'd recommend to people like me, administrators or parents, as to why they should get their girls specifically into golf and maybe have them take a look at that compared to other team sports? Yeah, golf is just a whole different sport compared to most others because you have to be very mentally in it because I don't know the exact number but it's under five minutes the whole round of 18 holes that you're actually swinging the club the other all those hours you're just out there thinking in your own mind and that part I would say is the hardest part but golf can also be so much fun just being your own person and developing all the little skills in golf like when you finally make that putt or hit that drive as far as you wanted, it just, it makes up for everything else. Now with, uh, with your own golf game, as we kind of move forward with the winner, I know you've got some tournaments coming up. You brought up the one you've got on Thanksgiving weekend, but with this season, with this time of year, I should say being more about just training and getting in gear for the upcoming summer, 
what specifically are you going to be focusing on this winter? Is it anything mental, anything with your swing, anything fitness related? What do you have on your mind on that front? Um, I've got to get a lot stronger in the weight room. <laughs> I hit the ball a long way, but I'm honestly not as strong as I should be. So I'm going to focus a lot on that. And then with the golf part, I've got to work on my controlled shots a lot because they're just not what they need to be. That 100 yards and in needs to get better. And right now I'm feeling really good about my putting, but there's always room for improvement on that. And then we have some new shafts and stuff and to work with on the driver to maybe get it a little higher, carry a little more. So we're just going to do some little technical things like that. Cool. So those are your personal goals. Now, tournament goals for next year. How about that? Are there any events that you are going in that you really want to win or any other tournaments that you really want to qualify for? Um, I want to qualify for the U.S. girls again, just because I feel like that's such a special tournament. They treat you like professionals there. And I know there's not too many. I'm only 15, but still, there's only there's an age limit on that. And then there's an AJGA event that I'm really hoping to qualify for. That's it's where you get to play alongside like professionals. Like there's a there's an LPGA tour tournament going on but they're also like intertwining an AJGA Invitational in New Jersey. And I think that would just be so cool to get to experience that and see how the professionals like play and everything in an actual tournament. So I, I was looking in the U.S. Girls Junior next year. It's in Colorado and that's where I'm from. So I've got a bias when it comes to having USGA tournaments out there. But have you allowed yourself to think at all about what it would be like to go to Colorado and get the altitude difference and seeing how far your drives would go. Yeah. I've never played there before. Um, I've played like out West somewhere like in, I played in Las Vegas and Arizona and California. And I know the air is just so much thinner and you can hit it a lot further, but I've not thought about Colorado as much. I just think about cold when I think of there. So hopefully it won't be too bad, but I'm looking forward to trying and qualifying for that. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. It could be 60 degrees and rainy every day in that tournament, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out if it happens. But given how high you hit the ball, I'm rooting for you all the time anyway, but I'm certainly going to be rooting for you to get in that one just to see what exactly you think of it. Now, uh, one of my last questions, if you keep up the current pace you're at when it comes to collecting wins, then you're going to have a lot of different places to pick from. But have you started to entertain the thought of where you might go to college and if you've had any conversations with any coaches yet? Well, I can't have – I can't talk to college coaches yet until June 15th after my sophomore year. But okay. I'm looking forward to that process. But I've thought about where I want to go and everything – and right now I'm really leaning toward like any SEC, a few ACC schools. I mean, I'm not going to rule anything out because there's just so many opportunities and I need to look at the facilities and how they're playing because I want to be on a team that can win a national championship because I do love the team aspect of college golf and high school golf. So just see how the programs are and see how they would all help me individually too. Yeah, forgive me. I forgot about the June 15th rule, so my bad there. But 
have you have you had any conversations with the Kentuckians who are currently playing at SEC schools? Because we've got a lot right now who are either at UK or other schools in the conference. And then Macy Brown is someone who comes to mind right away. She's going to be going to Vanderbilt here in the near future. Have you talked to any of your peers yet about what they think about their respective schools? Um, I actually just played with Macy Brown this past weekend in the Mason Cup. And so she talks a little bit about Vanderbilt and how she's excited to go there and everything. And then I ha- I talked to Catherine also a lot about Kentucky and everything, but she's obviously not there yet, but she talks about how excited she is. And then I actually just had a friend today commit to Ole Miss. She's from Mississippi. So I'm looking forward to talking to her and seeing how she likes Ole Miss and just how her recruiting process went in general to know what to expect. Very good. Well, that'll be an exciting process to watch play out for him. Looking forward to seeing where that school ends up being. But as we start to wind down here, we do a rapid fire segment at the end of each podcast where you don't have to give an explanation for any of these answers. You just tell me the first thing that comes into your head. So what is your favorite golf course that you've played in Kentucky? Oldstone. What's your favorite golf course outside of Kentucky? Um, The Blessings. Good pick. What is the golf course that you have not played yet that you most want to play? Pebble Beach. Let's see here. Um, Given the fact that you're from Western Kentucky, do you have any preference between UK or Louisville? Um, No. (laughs) Just kind of played the fifth on that one. Well, I mean, (laughs) with my dad playing basketball at Vanderbilt, we're not the biggest Kentucky fans, so (laughs) we we don't root for either one of those schools in basketball. I get that. Do you have any holes in one yet? I've had one, and it was during COVID in 2020. What golf course was it? Benton, (laughs) and I hardly (laughs) ever play there. And the one day I did, I got a hole in one, of course. Nice. Um, what golf tournament, professional golf tournament that is, do you most want to go attend someday? As a player? A uh, player or Hopefully you'll be playing, but I, I guess <laughs> uh, from the fan aspect, what would you most want to go see? Uh, the Masters, I guess. What's your favorite vacation spot? Who? Um... I guess I'm going to have to say the beach, but I'm, I want to go to the mountains to ski, but we haven't gone yet. So we'll see. Fair enough. And then last question for you. Is there anything that you're binging or watching a lot of on TV recently? Uh, I really listen to more music. I feel like because I just don't have as much time to watch TV. So not really. Who are some of the artists that you listen to? Taylor Swift's my absolute favorite. <laughs> T-Swizzle. Well, um, if, you had, if you had to name one album of hers that you could listen to nonstop, which one would it be? Oh, that is such a hard... Um, I, right now, all I can think about is her new album coming out, actually tomorrow. So I just go between all the albums. I can't pick one. <laughs> 
that, that is true i i like 1989 personally that was the first one i listened to of her where i was like man she's really good but yeah <laughs> i i actually had completely forgotten that her new album was coming out so yeah i can understand why you would be so excited Nice. Well, Trinity, we'll go ahead and close it on that note. Uh, thank you so much for coming on here. It is incredible watching you play. As I alluded to at the very beginning, the growth you've had in the last couple of years alone is amazing to watch. And you've still got so much time ahead of you. So it's going to be really cool to watch this all play out for you. And given your past success, I have a feeling this probably won't be the last time you get an invite to come on this podcast. So I have a feeling it'll be the first of many, but thank you for making the time for it. We're certainly wishing you all the best here in the coming months and years. Thank you. Thanks for having me.